This is the Today in the World podcast show for the 4th of January 2020. I am your host, Uncle K, and in today's news, transaction fees spike as the Ethereum price reaches over $1,000. US senators demand an investigation into rigged voting machines used in the elections. Boris Johnson has convinced himself that Brits want to see tougher lockdown restrictions. And will your city be around in 20 years? A new study reveals millions of miles of land will sink in by the year 2040. Here's what you missed today in the world. So in the last episode, I talked about the Dominion voting machines that are used all over the US and uh, probably in more countries, to be honest. But they were definitely used in the US in the recent elections. And they were basically being used to commit voter fraud in the US. And it looks like they could have been doing that since the 90s. So there hasn't really been a fair election in America since the 90s, which is crazy in itself. But regardless, if you want to believe uh, that they were being used for voter fraud or not, uh, if you think this is just another fake evidence that's come out from the right, right-wing media, which I am not uh, saying that Joe Biden doesn't deserve to be in office, that's not even the issue. You know, it's not the issue. This isn't a, about Trump versus Biden. The underlying issue here is that these machines had a modem connected to it, allowing the machines to connect to the internet, which, according to federal law and just common sense, makes any election they were used for invalid. And so in response to this, we are now hearing calls from the Senate for an investigation into the incident. Natural News reports. A dozen US senators have signed on to a demand for an emergency 10-day elections investigation commission that would dive into all the known allegations of election fraud and produce a final report. Speculation is swirling that Vice President Mike Pence will himself invoke this 10-day investigation on January the 6th, refusing to open and read the electoral votes from swing states until this 10-day investigation is complete. There is historical precedent for exactly this sort of investigation, and Pence has the power to invoke this himself, needing no approval from anyone else. And should he do so, it would likely push the inauguration day beyond January 20th, which is perfectly fine with the 12th Amendment, which states that the inauguration can be as late as March 4th in cases of a contested election, in which this most definitely is. The commission would reportedly consist of five members of the House, five from the Senate, and five US Supreme Court justices. Now, a lot of people have been speculating and trying to find out Who is behind these Dominion voting machines? And that's just what fraud analysts and investigators and all that type of people have been looking at. Um, And they found that a company in New York um, called Staple Street Capital Group LLC, which is basically a private equity firm, they bought the Dominion Systems Corporation in 2018. Now, these fraud analysts and whatnot, uh, they basically found that a Chinese corporation or any intermediary affiliated with Chinese individuals could have invested large sums of money into the funds, which would make them indirect owners of Dominion through State Street Capital, uh, the State Street Capital Fund. However, the evidence looking at that is lacking. All we know for sure is that uh, there is a company, there is an individual that doesn't want to be found out that they own these Dominion voter machines. So they've done a pretty good job so far in terms of um, hiding their trail. But After seeing how the Chinese Communist Party have infiltrated much of our media 
by their own admission to receive favorable coverage for their foreign policy, how would I, I would not be surprised if they also found reason to infiltrate elections. Come on, let's, that's just an obvious thing here. Now, this is not the only thing that these senators are going to be calling an investigation on. There are plenty of other issues of voter frauds. Just recently, a social worker in Texas has been charged with 134 counts of election fraud for allegedly registering 67 nursing home patients without their permission and forging their signatures on voter registration documents. And that's not the only thing. There are plenty of other cases like that. Lawyers, however, going back to the voting machine, they are already demanding media outlets that have been speaking about this case retract their claims um, that they have made about the company and uh, all that kind of stuff. They're basically, you know, they're on the offensive already, um, even in the wake of all this evidence, you know. So they are, they are very willing to defend themselves, of course. Now, the question is, are we going to actually see justice with this investigation or is the system and the Dominion lawyers just going to fight back? Now, obviously, they're going to fight back. And if we just think about this as a reasonable person, as a normal person, generally speaking, our justice system doesn't have the ability to hold any part of its own government to account. It's like unprecedented so far. You know, we see this in the policing system. The police aren't held to account by the system. They are the system. You know, we're not going to see, I don't want to say we're not going to see it, but it's very difficult to get it the system to discipline itself almost, you know? And uh, it reminds me of the ICC investigation with the um, war crimes, the, the the war crimes for the British military, you know? And they basically, the judge found every single excuse not to hold um, these soldiers to account for the war crimes committed. You know, I'm talking about instances of murder with children, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's disgusting. And We've got plenty of examples now to see that the that the system doesn't hold itself to account. It just doesn't work in that way. Imagine telling yourself to imagine you punishing yourself. That is literally what we're asking from the government when it comes to things like this. Now, as this article points out, unless the right people in the Senate are looking um, to getting involved with this investigation, I'm not sure that there's going to be any real justice actually coming out of this. It will just be another bit of buried evidence, like just caught in the mist and the fog. You know, it's all smoke and mirrors. They just have excuses for every little thing that happens and it doesn't really matter. We can continue on as normal. You know, if, if, if the right people are not at the helm of the investigation, it's just another opportunity to create more crazy lies. You know, and it doesn't even matter how ridiculously suspicious things look. The state is just not going to punish themselves and unless people just wake up and decide listen we don't want to see any of this which is you know kind of what is happening in the US anyway then you know it's not going to change you know so yeah civil war in America it looks like it's still on and I unless you know we get actually some real justice serves from it then yeah it's it's almost guaranteed there's going to be war Going over to the financial news now, looking at the crypto numbers, first on the list, we've got Bitcoin trading at $31,288. It's down 5%. It was trading at $34,000, which was obviously its new all-time high. My investment has personally more than doubled. It's doing amazing. Uh, but we don't know if it's going to last. We expect these corrections, which is what we've just got. But I'm surprised it hasn't corrected a little bit more than that. But we'll get into a little bit that of that. Later, um, we've got Ethereum trading at $1,000. It's up 8%. Uh, 
We've got XRP up 0.32%, trading at 23 cents. It's not really up much. It's still down 20% for the week, to be honest. Litecoin is trading at $152, up 15% over the last seven days. Polkadot is trading at $9, up 50% over the last seven days. It's just corrected itself over the last 24 hours and is down 5%. Bitcoin Cash is up 10%, trading at $405. It's been doing very well, as Bitcoin has. Cardano is doing amazingly well recently, trading at $0.21. Cents. It's up 9% and 23% up for the week. Binance Coin is trading at $39 and is up 11% for the week. Chainlink is trading at $13 and is up about 3%. Now, this is the problem that I have with the new Ethereum price point. The transaction fees for ETH have increased by 400%. 400%. That's not any that's not no small figure. That's that's a big number. And it's the same issue for Bitcoin when its price surges. It automatically increases transaction fees which obviously make it less usable or practical for any normal use, you know. No financial institution wants to pay 400% more transaction fees just because more people are using the system, you know. And this is the thing. These networks, they are just struggling at the moment with this these spikes in demand and this will severely undermine the practical use for crypto and this is something that a lot of um even ethereum enthusiasts are starting to catch on to one twitter user said are blockchains only for the wealthy do only the wealthy consider these transactions good value for money you know in the sense that who is paying these high transaction fees if this is the future of blockchain then how is anyone going to afford this is, is it just going to be the wealthy you know, but um, Ethereum does, of course, have plans to implement layer two scaling solutions into the network to circumvent these issues and make Ethereum cheaper to transact with and, you know, solve a lot of these problems. Now, I was speaking to uh, my friend from Tranquil Trades, which you saw me in a podcast with him, and I was speaking to him about Cardano because Cardano, other, you know, unlike other um, blockchains that we've got, they actually put these issues on the forefront you know they focus entirely on issues of scalability and um and stuff like that so the whole point of their system is to be scalable so that billions of people can use it without these same issues you know using a proof of stake proof of stake system to verify the transactions which ethereum and bitcoin will definitely need to do to realistically be a mainstream financial network so if you are looking and in the market and want to compare you want to find out a little bit more about what um, blockchains can solve these problems look at cardano there are other blockchains that can do similar things but uh, cardano is my favorite one so i definitely recommend checking them out because what ethereum is going through now cardano may never see those kind of growing pains and growing problems that they're going through Looking at Bitcoin now, there has been a massive amount of Bitcoin being sold on exchanges, bringing Bitcoin back down to the 30k region after its recent highs of 34k and up. The financial consultancy firm DeVere Group was one of those companies selling half of its Bitcoin holdings at the Christmas high. Coindesk reports that the CEO watched as the price neared $25,000 per coin. Then he made the decision to sell half of his holdings, explaining that it's better to sell high and rebuy in the dips. The steady gains in the price of Bitcoin has made the digital currency the top performing asset of 2020, up over 200%. As such, I felt the time was right for profit taking, he said. The CEO stressed that his decision to sell was 
not due to a lack of belief in Bitcoin or the concept of digital currencies. Quote, I believe that the future of money is cryptocurrency, close quote, he wrote, adding that the longer term price trajectory for Bitcoin is undoubtedly upwards. Me personally, what I can't wrap my head around right now because I don't look at charts because I just can't fathom the thought of looking at that all day. But um, how is Bitcoin even able to maintain these super high price points of 30k plus when just yesterday, the other day, you know, it was like 20k, just nearing $20,000. People thought it would take forever to get back to that point. And already we're seeing gains of above $30,000. You know, it's quite, it's quite different because the old trends of Bitcoin when you reach those high points, even reaching $20,000, you would expect more of a sell-off. But we didn't see that. We saw a minor correction. It went to 23, minor correction. It went to 27, minor correction. And now we're at 30, 30 plus. And we've seen a minor correction. And now we're back at 31,000, you know, almost at 32,000, something like that. Now, this is something that we are not used to seeing with Bitcoin because it's usually way more volatile. And another thing, that I have to ask is, considering this, and the fact that the worse the US dollar performs is the higher price we see for Bitcoin, how does the CEO know that Bitcoin will take another dip in price like it has done in the past? The US is still printing money like it has, you know, like it's like a game. So who's to say there's another dip coming? Because the more money they print, the worse the US dollar does is the better that Bitcoin seems to be performing. And the thing is, a lot of people are banking on this idea before they decide to buy more Bitcoin. They're waiting for this price dip. But in my eyes, it's a bit of a gamble because if you can value Bitcoin for yourself, and most valuations have it, um, even conservative figures have it, you know, at the minimum, uh, $200,000, $300,000 upwards, you know. So if that is the price prediction, then $30,000 is a steal, you know. And if you're not looking to sell at some point, you're just looking to hold, then even if it does, even if you do come in at 30k and it drops back to 10k, it doesn't matter if the price is, is finishing around $400,000. You know, it really doesn't matter. That's how uh, Warren Buffett would make his investments on the long term, on the longevity of a stock. Uh, but yeah, only time will tell. The only thing we can do is to do the individual work ourselves, do our own research and figure out what price bitcoin really is worth to us and you know if we should be buying at these prices but i would like to know your thoughts on this let me know if you're buying bitcoin at 30k plus or if you're waiting for the dip and maybe we can have a little debate about it i've been saying to friends and family listen at some point we are going to have to start using these digital currencies whether we like it or not so i would suggest keeping your eye on the prize right now because they're not going to advertise for you how to make money that's going to be our job no one's going to do it for us it's not universal basic income and um you know this thing isn't just hype it's definitely coming so take note and that notion was further confirmed by a report by Cointelegraph which is basically detailing how China's central bank is rolling out their new digital currency something which I think is going to happen in the US in the UK probably 2021 2022 um, definitely in very, we're very close to that rollout happening. But in the city of Shenzhen, this is where it all begins. The city plans to give 100,000 red envelopes to lottery winners, each containing 200 digital yuan, roughly $31. The envelopes combined value is estimated at $3 million. And um, basically the recipients will 
be able to spend their gifted currency across 10,000 supported merchants. And to spend their currency, lottery winners will need to download and install an app and open a personal digital wallet. Having earlier provided their resident ID cards and mobile mobile phone numbers for registration. Now, let's be honest. China, they have been the testing ground for a lot of you know world changing things happening right now, including you know the mass lockdowns, test and trace systems, five G technology, and Wuhan, all of that stuff. Now we've got digital currency to add to that list. Public officials and reporters all over the world are going to have a very keen eye on this to monitor its effect on the global financial system. And they're doing this because it's going to help them create, you know, some regulation around these digital currencies to help them test and see what's going to happen. Because at the moment, I would say that Bitcoin is more regulated than any central bank digital currencies, you know, who have no one to answer to. They can, just the same way they can print money and there's rules that go over that, they, who's to say how much um, digital currencies that they can release into into the system? You know, there's no check and balance system for that. Whereas our banking industry has a lot of rules that have taken 100 years to implement, whereas digital currencies have none. So 2021 might be the testing ground for digital currencies. And we should see some regulation proposals put forward for digital currencies as a whole, hopefully. And with that, we might see some more dips in price in certain coins. Um, Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things coming in 2021 for regulation. I've been saying to friends and family, listen, at some point, we are going to have to start using these digital currencies, whether we like it or not. So I would suggest keeping your eye on the prize right now because they're not going to advertise for you how to make money. That's going to be our job. No one's going to do it for us. It's not universal basic income. And, um, you know, this thing isn't just hype. It's definitely coming. So take note. And that notion was further confirmed by a report by Cointelegraph, which is basically detailing how China's central bank is rolling out their new digital currency, something which I think is going to happen in the US, in the UK, probably 2021, 2022, um, definitely in very, we're very close to that rollout happening. But in the city of Shenzhen, this is where it all begins. The city plans to give 100,000 red envelopes to lottery winners, each containing 200 digital yuan, Roughly $31. The envelope's combined value is estimated at $3 million. And um, basically, the recipients will be able to spend their gifted currency across 10,000 supported merchants. And to spend their currency, lottery winners will need to download and install an app and open a personal digital wallet. Having earlier provided their resident ID cards and mobile, mobile phone numbers for registration. Now, let's be honest. China. They have been the testing ground for a lot of, you know, world changing things happening right now, including, you know, the mass lockdowns, test and trace systems, 5G technology and Wuhan, all of that stuff. Now we've got digital currency to add to that list. Public officials and reporters all over the world are going to have a very keen eye on this to monitor its effect on the global financial system. And they're doing this because it's going to help them create, you know, some regulation around these digital currencies to help them test and see what's going to happen. Because at the moment, I would say that Bitcoin is more regulated than any central bank digital currencies, you know, who have no one to answer to. They can, just the same way they can print money and there's rules that go over that, they, who's to say how much um, digital currencies that they can release into into the system? You know, there's no check and balance system for that. Whereas our banking industry has a lot of rules that have taken a hundred years to implement, whereas digital currencies have none. 
So 2021 might be the testing ground for digital currencies and we should see some regulation proposals put forward for digital currencies as a whole, hopefully. And with that, we might see some more dips in price in certain coins. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things coming in 2021 for regulation. So looking at the recent lockdown news in the UK now, apparently Boris Johnson is convinced that Brits want more lockdowns, even though the real data shows that they are not working. RT reports. Though Prime Minister Boris Johnson insists that schools across the UK are safe to reopen, he said he's reconciled to the fact that he'll have to implement a tougher lockdown in many parts of the country. Speaking to the BBC on Sunday, Johnson assured parents that they can send their children back to school after the Christmas holidays. His his remarks differed from those of his advisers and triggered a massive blowback from opposition parties and unions who accused him of putting lives at risk. Quote, It may be that we need to do things in the next few weeks that will be tougher in many parts of the country. I'm fully, fully reconciled with that, Johnson said. I bet the people of this country are reconciled to that, he added. Now, there are many issues that I can start speaking about here, you know, in terms of the hypocritical nature of what he's talking about. But the major issue which everyone is really talking about right now is our children's education. And I'm going to be devil's advocate right now because I see a lot of people don't want to send their kids to school right now. But I have to play uh, devil's advocate, like I said, and I'm going to debate this. These little people that we're talking about are supposed to be taking over and, you know, taking the baton from us and running the world one day. And we can't even get them into school because we're scared of a virus. So these preschool kids, especially these infant children, how are they learning how to read right now? Are their parents doing at home for them? Are they even in a stable environment where they can be left at home for long amounts of time? Or do their parents have like 24-hour jobs that they need to be at? You know, nighttime jobs that they need to be at, you know, working night shifts and stuff like that. And then what's more is that some of these schools have decided to stay open while others have taken upon themselves to stay closed. And this in itself sounds like it should be illegal. How can you just close a school, you know, um, or, or, or maybe you just want to stay open? If, if, if a shop gets told that they need to close and they stay open, you get the police around there. So why is it different with schools? These are the questions that I'm wondering about. And it's it's really because of the hypocritical nature of what Boris is saying. But um, let me give you this, this thing to just imagine. Imagine you've got a privately funded school for elites and they're staying open. These kids are going to have the competitive advantage in the workplace because their schooling wasn't interrupted. Those kids got to study. All the poor kids, they won't have a choice in that. Their, ch- their school just stays shut, you know, and they miss the opportunity. You know, so in terms of should we send our kids to school? Should we not send our kids to school? These things have to be taken into consideration, which I don't really know if they are right now. The article continues, though. On Thursday, Mike Tiddlesley, sorry, Taldsley, a member of the government scientific advisory group for emergencies, who is SAGE, they told BBC Radio that more of the country may need to be in tier four or a total national lockdown. Quote, Cases are rising in a deadly, sorry, in a really concerning way. So I suspect that, unfortunately, we will see a ramping up even further of restrictions, probably more of the country being in tier four or ultimately probably a national lockdown before we can get to the end of January, close quote. So 
What's funny to me is that the government is still relying on Sage, even though the public perception of them, there's no trust there. We don't like them. In the meanwhile, people are standing by and doing nothing, and they're just complaining about the government. And in the meantime, they they keep doing all of these backwards decisions. And unfortunately, the way I see it is that unless people actually start speaking up and doing something about it and saying how they really feel as well, not necessarily just doing something, but at least expressing how you feel, it's not going to get any better. Boris Johnson can say things like everyone wants a lockdown because no one is saying anything. You know, there's not, most people are just staying very quiet on the matter. And that's okay. Maybe you don't want the police to be knocking at your door. Maybe you think the situation is a lot more scary than what it really is. But unless we start to get serious and in holding people to account, this situation is going to get a lot scarier than it really, than it actually is right now, you know, because they're not pushing on the, they're not, you know, thrusting forwards with these, um, these policies and COVID rules like they could. They could really just go full swing and just do total national lockdown, which could be coming next. Um, they could they could get ramp up the testing tracing. They can do a lot of things, you know, mandatory mask wearing everywhere. And if you are opposed to some of those things, then, you know, you should really be putting your opinion across, not just being scared to have a differing one. Now, if you thought 2020 was bad, telling you you haven't seen anything yet. A new study is uncovering that land is literally sinking in all around the globe, directly under our feet. The study estimates that about 4.6 million square miles will have sunk in by 2040. Article from sciencemint.com. Subsidence, the lowering of Earth's land surface, is a potentially destructive hazard that can be caused by a wide range of natural or anthropogenic triggers, but mainly results from solid or fluid mobilization underground, states the study. The work goes on to explore the reasons behind this subsidence finding, that a large part of it is caused by human activity, for example, the extraction of natural gas, oil, and groundwater. During the next decades, global population and economic growth will continue to increase groundwater demand and accompanying groundwater depletion, and when exacerbated by droughts, will probably increase land subsidence occurrence and related damages or impacts, writes the study's authors. The report identifies 1,596 major cities, or about 22% of the world's 7,343 major cities, are in potential subsidence areas. Making matters worse is the fact that the most the areas most likely to sink in the future are located in and around all of these highly populated urban centers. This means their impacts will be felt by even more people in even more ways. So in response to that article, when you see guys like Elon Musk trying to get to Mars, you know why? They're trying to escape the madness that is uh, befalling the Earth. And I always have a more hopeful way of looking at these things. I think that right now we're in an opportunistic time where we can actually start to solve some of these problems and we're receiving the technology to be able to do so. It just depends on our application and if we're bothered about doing it or not. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be end of story for this planet. Hopefully that's not going to be the issue. And, um, you know, I say this planet, I'm being a bit dramatic. We're talking about 22% of the world, but we shouldn't have to wait to, you know, get that kind of damage happen to the world before we realize, like, yo, let's do something about this, you know? So, yeah, we need to change the way that we're living. And this article really shows that.
Now that marks another end to the episodes. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, the best format to do this show in. If you've got some feedback for me and how you're enjoying the show, how you like the content, um, if you want to hear about certain other things. For me personally, I feel like the crypto bit is like slap bang in the middle of the whole podcast. And I'm not sure if that works best because I know some people listen for crypto news. Some other people listen just to find out what's going on in terms of uh, science and that kind of stuff. You know, they just want to hear about crazy stuff happening. But everything I talk about is really pertaining to, you know, the great resets and all of the changes coming about in the world and it's just a way to prepare for it um that stuff i'm looking at for myself personally that i think can also be of great value to other people which is why i started the podcast but let me know what your thoughts are on the on the format um if you want to hear about some other categories if you're hearing too much about certain things and you want to hear more about crypto for example it all depends on what you want um yeah let me know i'll be happy to hear your thoughts Uh, i love constructive criticism this is a very new podcast i'm still learning the best way to do it so yeah your feedback is vital for me going forwards but um other than that i hope you enjoyed the episode i'm going to be back here tomorrow evening with some more news until then peace love have a good evening